0: testament passage today continues with the seven churches of asia revelation chapter 3 verse 1 now remember the setup of revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 is in revelation chapter 1 it's the great revelation of jesus it's the description of what jesus looks like today and who he is today and what his work is today kind of reminiscent from that same revelation that we see back in daniel all right and we said that every one of the seven churches, Jesus takes a piece of that revelation and applies it to them because that's what they need to hear. Now I was talking to a, a pastor one time in, in Singapore and he said, you know, I have no need to ever teach my people how God will provide. He says, so I don't understand this emphasis that you have on teaching the people about provision. I said, well, that's because you people are rich. <laughs> I said, please forgive me. I said, our people are just coming out of poverty. They have to they have to learn biblical principles. And I said, as a pastor, if I don't teach them biblical principles of prosperity, then you know they're gonna to listen to somebody else because they need to learn it and they want to learn it. So let's learn it from the scripture. Every church has something specific that God, because of the destiny of their life, because of the situations they're in, that God speaks to them as a people. And it's not like, well, they have a different revelation. It's all part of the same great revelation. But there's just a piece that's applied to them. And to the angel in the church of Sardis right? the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. All right, so there we have the movement and control of the Holy Spirit, the totality of the Holy Spirit and the seven stars, which would be the seven angels of the local churches. And now again, we start with the, uh, I know, okay. He said, I know your works. So he says, straight up, I know you. Every local church needs to understand that the head of the church knows them intimately. He said, I know your works. He said, I know your accomplishments. He said, you have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. All right, so this is an old reputation. At one time, this was a great revival center. People save, people's lives change, But he said, right now you're dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete. I've not found your works complete in the sight of my God. He said, listen, Church of Sardis, you're sleepy. So this is the sleepy church. They're spiritually sleepy. So he says, wake up. And he said, you know, you've gotten weak, so so you need to strengthen what remains and what's about to die. He said, because I haven't found your works or your accomplishments complete. Now, Now that word complete is a powerful word. There's things that God asks every local church to do. And we need to complete, we need to finish those accomplishments. Just like there's things that God asks a person to do. Paul said, you know, I finished my course. Paul had finished everything God had asked him to accomplish in life. Churches need to finish what God has asked them to accomplish. We've got churches to build and churches to open across the nation. COP, we've got a work to complete. Remember then, okay, what you've received and heard, keep it and repent. All right, now, this is how you wake up and strengthen. Okay, this is how you remember, you keep it, and you repent. Remember what you received and heard, keep it, and repent. Now, let me just throw something new in here to you about this. Remember what you have received and heard. Uh, he didn't say look for something new. Don't look for some new truth. So don't go looking for some new truth. That's not what's going to revive you. <laughs> Please forgive me. The thing, the thing that's going to, to, to re-stimulate a church is not to learn some new truth. It's to remember what they've heard and received and live it. Okay? that Straight up. I mean... Uh, I had to say this in a way people won't know who I'm talking about, but there are are other cities here in Asia that are known for their appetite for something new because they they never want to hear something old. They always want to hear what's the new thing, but that's not how you wake up a church. You wake up a church by remembering what you've received and heard. Well, leave that alone, all right? He said, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Wow against. Now, now, you know you got to watch these words against because repetitively here in chapter 2 or chapter 3, you find people that Jesus is against in the church. Wow. <laughs> and we don't even like to think about that. He said, "Yet, yeah, you still have a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they walk before me in white for they are worthy." In other words, they live holy. These garments here, this walking here, this this lifestyle here, that walking refers to lifestyle, white refers to purity, they still live a pure life. They haven't started into the compromise and carnality of, of, of compromising Christianity. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. Now, now there's a there's a thought. Wow. Now I want you just to think about that. It can happen. He said, I'll never blot his name out of the book. He didn't say he wouldn't block anybody's name out of the book of life. See, there are people who have turned away and their name has been blotted out of the book of life. You can turn away from God. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, we've talked about that constantly, all right? To the angel of the church of Philadelphia, all right? Now, here's a new church. Now, here's the revelation to that church, the words of the Holy One, the true one who has the key of David, who opens and no one shuts, who shuts and no one opens. All right, so here, Jesus is the door opener, the one who gives opportunity. He said, I know your work, so here's that I know again, I know you. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. No one. I know that you have but a little power, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now, notice this. Opportunities for ministry. Not based on ability. (laughs) I like that. I know that you have but a little power. But you've kept my word and have not denied my name. So it's not based on ability. It's based on something far deeper. It's based on faithfulness. He said, you've kept my word. You have not denied my name. Now, to me, this is... I don't even know how to describe how that makes my heart feel because I remember when we were all poor together as a church and God put it in our hearts to do great things for evangelism and the vision was there. God didn't open those doors for us to do things because we were rich or because we were powerful. Now, God has made our life different these days. God has been good to our people. Now we can, okay, let's put 800,000 pesos with the roofs on churches. What an opportunity to help other churches. Okay, let's give a half a million away in in food to to uh, members of other churches who've been hurt in the floods and the typhoons. Wow, what an opportunity. But you know what? God started giving us those opportunities when we had nothing. Do you remember the holy holdup? During the earthquake in Baguio, we had nothing. We were sitting in a building that was maybe 25% finished, but we emptied our pockets that day, and we sent 25 18-wheelers full of rice to feed the city of Baguio. You know, I look upon the opportunities that God gives us today, and I look upon the things I know God is opening for us to do right now. Properties being donated. We're building churches. I mean, we're, we're negotiating for properties right now in Cebu and Davao and, and Santa Maria, uh, Isabella. And, and we're building buildings right now in Nyack. And, you know, you, you look at all of this and you just... Folks, never look at what we don't have. God doesn't open doors based on what we have. He opened doors based on our hearts. Let's just keep his word and let's just not deny his name. Let's be faithful and watch the opportunities that God opens for us. Now, he said, let's deal with your opposition. This, this, is, this is the opposition. I will make those of the synagogue of Satan. Now, that, that, wow. Nah. This is... <laughs> First of all, you have to remember God never designed the synagogue system. That was something that was man-made during the period when God was not speaking to Israel for like 400 years between Malachi and Matthew. That whole system of religious worship was designed by man, not God. But Jesus did use it. But you'll notice that it turned on the work of Jesus. And in the synagogues around the world, Paul went there first to preach the gospel, But many of these synagogues became the greatest persecutors of the work of Jesus. And so Jesus had a name for it, the synagogue of Satan. He said, this is not a synagogue of of people worshiping God. This is a synagogue of Satan. They say, they claim that they're Jews, but they're not. In our studies in Rome, you understand that not everybody who says he's a descendant of Abraham is a descendant because there are children of promise. God looks at things a little differently. That's in our Roman study. He said, but they lie. Now, you know what? It's amazing how people say, I'm a worshiper of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a man of God. But they're not. They lie. He said, behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet. And they will learn that I have loved you. Now, now that's, that's a hard thing. God said he was going to take the Jews in that synagogue in Philadelphia and they were going to come and bow at the feet of the believers. They were going to go through something so strong that they would come to ask forgiveness of the church. And they would come and they would learn, they would learn that Jesus loved the Gentile believers. Now that's that's strong. He said, because you have kept my word about patient endurance. Now here's, notice we're we're dealing with this keeping the word again. All right, kept my word, kept my word, and notice, about patient endurance. He said, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those that dwell on the earth. So he said, there's going to be this horrible season that's going to come, but he said, I'm going to keep you. I am coming soon. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. So there is a crown given. There's a crown given by Jesus. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. <laughs> now, I read a lot of things about that. But one of the things I like about pillars is people lean on them. And they support the the building. Now, I like that. To the one who conquers, I will make him. I will make him. He will develop us into a pillar in the temple of my God. In other words, other people are going to lean on you, and you're going to hold up the building. You know, there are people in COP, that members lean on in the times when the winds are blowing and there's struggle going on, people lean on a pillar. And there are people that hold up the local church, hold up the temple. Remember we're being built into a temple there. There are people in the church that are pillars and literally they, they help sustain the building. They helps. And by building here, I'm referring to the congregation, not, not a, not a steel and concrete building. But there are people, and I've always asked God to help me be that kind of a person that others can lean on, that when they're weak, they can lean on me, that that the building is helped, held up. But notice, it's to the one who conquers. It's the one who lives as more than a conqueror. It's the one who, who faces all this opposition and persecution and holds up. Now, brothers and sisters, there's a prayer for you today. Lord, make me strong. Make me more than a conqueror like your word declares me to be in the face of everything I'm going through. Patient endurance, Lord. Not a person who quits. Not a person who runs away. Because those are the people who become pillars. Somebody that others lean on when they grow weak and weary. Pillars. They hold up the local church. They hold up the congregation. Never shall he go out of it. (laughs) you stay in the temple. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. There's so much here. The new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God in heaven. My own new name. So Jesus has a new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches now. I like that. Never shall he go out of it. Maybe in the new heavens and the new earth, There's a temple, and I just get to be inside the temple the whole time. Maybe there's a place for all of these pillars of local churches one day. Oh, this is is where all the pillars of all the local churches around the world, and they never go out of it. Wow. And maybe this is the local church that Jesus is building, building us together to become a temple of God. Never shall he go out of it. You know, there are people that God just puts permanently in a church. They're not transient. Sometimes that's pastors. Sometimes that's connect group leaders. Sometimes that's just sister Cruz always there in the choir. They never go out. They're always there. They're a pillar in that church. And they're a pillar because of their lifestyle of faithfulness and conquering. Uh, There's so much I could teach on this. I don't even want to get started. Let's open up our hearts and spend some time in worship now. Testament passage today begins with Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Yet even now, in face of judgment, even now, you got to get a hold of that when God says, yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. Why? Why? For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. (laughs) Wow. Now now some of you forgive me. You've been pushing the boundaries. Yet even now, yet even now, turn back to God with all. Your heart, not a piece of your heart, with all your heart. Bring your whole heart back to God. Stop playing the super spiritual religious game where you try to look all holy, but you know on the inside you're not. Return to the Lord with all your heart. Why? Because He's gracious, merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and relents concerning disaster. In other words, hey folks, God is a merciful, gracious God. Even in the face of judgment, it'll stop in an instant with a heart of repentance. Ah, you need to get a hold of that one. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him. (laughs) He will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him. So, okay, he will not only relent concerning disaster, but he'll leave a blessing And that blessing can be used for a grain offering and a drink offering. (laughs) He'll even leave the offering behind for you to bring to him. (laughs) God's good. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children, even the nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Now, notice, even the nursing infants, even in the infants so small, they're still nursing. You bring them to the presence of God. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, spare your people, O Lord. And make not your heritage a reproach a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? Then the Lord became jealous for the land and had pity on his people. (laughs) For his land, became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. Now, there's both the land and the people. Now, that's a distinction people just don't get. You know, they always want to fight about the land of Israel. But God is jealous for his land and for his people. Among all the nations, God chose Israel to put his name. See, folks, you got to understand that. That's his land. The Lord answered and said to his people, Behold, I am sending to you grain, sending to you. I, I, I just love that. Sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied. And I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. But now notice, you will be satisfied, but also notice up here. Part of that is for an offering to the Lord. So when people repent, God will bring blessing back to their life. Now, you've you got to get a hold of that. When people repent, when they truly repent, God brings blessing back to their life. And part of that blessing is an offering. I will remove the northerner far from you and drive him into a parched and desolate land, his vanier, vanguard into the eastern sea and his rear guard into the western sea, and the stench and foul smell of him will rise For he has done great things fear not o land fear not o land this is the land be glad and rejoice for the lord has done great things fear not beasts of the field for the pastures of the wilderness are green the tree bears its fruit the fig tree and the vine give their full yield be glad o children of zion and rejoice in the lord your god for he has given the early rain of your vindication And he has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the latter rains as before. One of God's vindications is prosperity. Now, not always, but one of, okay? One of, and you can't put everything on that, but God has given the early rain as a vindication. God said, listen, I'm going to help you produce. I'm going to bring blessings and income to you. The threshing floor shall be full of grain. The vat shall overflow with wine and oil. I will restore to you the years the swarming locusts have eaten. Restoration. In fact, we're going to work on that in an offering thought, probably down near the end of the month. As we get ready for 2021, I'll teach you on God will restore this year. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. Now, how is dealing wondrously? It's forgiveness and blessing. Forgiveness and the blessing that follows forgiveness. And my people shall never again be put to shame. And you shall know. <laughs> And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord, your God, and there is none else. And my people shall never again be put to shame. Now, here is a great promise. This is a great promise. God said, you know what? When you repent, I'm not only going to forgive you, I'm going to bring great blessings upon you. And you shall know that I am walk among you. He said, you're going to know I'm here. And you're going to know that I'm the only true God, and my people will never again be put to shame. What a great promise. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. (laughs) Now, you know, forgive me, people who don't believe that women should be in ministry. The sons and daughters shall prophesy. That is supernatural ministry. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Wow. Now, I wonder where I qualify. I still feel like a young man, but since when I look in the mirror, I look like an old man. So now I'm going to dream dreams. And you young men, you're going to see visions. This is God. this, this This is the great promise of Pentecost. The great promise of Pentecost. And he says, I pour out my spirit on all flesh, rich, poor, educated, uneducated. You know, you've got to understand, everybody can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues. And sons and daughters shall prophesy. There's ministry equipping that flows from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. So, even upon the slaves, the poor, I'm going to pour out my spirit. <laughs> God's no respecter of persons. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. Now, what's a wonder? Anything that makes you wonder. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Now, uh, you know, this is the doctrine of the blood moon. And there's been a lot of people that have taken the doctrine of the blood moon and taken it too far and made it very predicting. And Jesus is coming on this day because there's going to be a blood moon. Uh, You know, there is a truth here, but don't take truth and stretch it. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord <laughs> shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem there shall be those who escape. As the Lord has said, among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone. Jew and Gentile. This isn't everyone, okay? All flesh. All flesh, everyone, this is Gentile promises. This isn't just for the Jew. For behold, in those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, all right, God says, there's going to come a time, pull that down a little farther, In those days, at that time, when I restored the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem. So these are things that occur during restoration. I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people and my heritage Israel. Because they have scattered them among the nations and have divided up my land. Now you gotta get a hold of that one. And again, I could preach through every part of this, but I, I don't have time. Divided up my land. Israel, as defined for Abraham, is God's land. Nations have no right to divide up the promised land. Well, I think this group should get that and this group should get that. No, no. The land is God's. And have cast lots for my people and have traded a boy for a prostitute and have sold a girl for wine. And have drunk it. What are you to me, O Tyre and Sidon, and all the regions of Philista? Are you paying me back for something? If you're paying me back, I will return your payment on your own head swiftly and speedily. God says, wait a minute. Why are you doing this? God said, what have I ever done to you? He said, what is it that I have done to you that has made you do this? Have you ever felt like that with people? I have. What have I ever done to you to make me to, to, for you to do this to me? He said, "Are you paying me back for something? If you're paying me back, I'll return your payment on your own head swiftly and speedily, for you have taken my silver and my gold and have carried away my rich treasures into your temples. My, my, my. These are God's treasures in the temple. These were things that were given to God." You have sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks in order to remove them far from their own border. Behold, I will stir them up from the place to which you have sold them, and I will return your payment on your own heads. I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabaeans, to a nation far away, for the Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations. Consecrate for war. Stir up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hook into spears. Let the weak say, I'm a warrior. Hasten and come, all surrounding nations, and gather yourselves there. Bring down your warriors, O Lord. Let the nations stir themselves and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Go in. Tread, for the winepress is full, the vats overflow, for their evil is great. All of these are symbols of judgment. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Very famous passage. Wish I had time to preach through all of this. The sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. The Lord roars from Zion. Remember, he's the great lion and utters his voice from Jerusalem, the heavens and the earthquake. But the Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. Get a hold of that. A stronghold to the people of Israel. That's who God is to the people of Israel, even though they rejected him. So you shall know that I am the Lord your God who dwell in Zion, my holy mountain. And Jerusalem shall be holy, and strangers shall never again pass through it. <laughs> now there are some who would say that in the millennium, only a Jew or a Christian will be allowed into the city of Jerusalem. There are some who take that passage to say that. And in that day, the mountain shall drip sweet wine, and the hills shall flow with milk, and all the stream beds of Judah will flow with water. And a fountain shall come forth from the house of God and, and water the valley of Shittim. A fountain from the house of God, from God's house. <laughs> oh, this is the river of living water spoken of in the end of the book of Revelation. Egypt shall become a desolation and Edom a desolate wilderness for the violence done to the people of Judah because they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall be inhabited forever, and Jerusalem to all generations. I will avenge their blood, blood I have not avenged, for the Lord dwells in Zion. Now, folks, amazing prophecies here in the book of Joel. Some of these prophecies you and I live today. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul teaches that. Some of these we live today. God pours out his spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters prophesy. Some of these we will see fulfilled before our eyes in this life or in the millennium. There's a lot of beautiful truth here. All right, we'll see you tonight, 7 o'clock.